For a reason I do not wish to disclose, I took the last train from Tampanese to Tiangbaru several months ago. It was a midnight train, and so, despite the fact that Tampanese is an interchange station, it was relatively empty. All I could see as I tapped my card and headed down to the green line were men around my age, men with too much to drink, muttering something incomprehensible, leaning on walls, or wandering around with no purpose. Some were even passed out on the floor, just like me, just like everyone else. I was once like them too, I suppose. The times were cruel, opening my fridge for my daily beers, pushing myself to my limits until I found myself on the floor every moment buying the only thing that made my heart warm inside until I ran out and had to borrow again. I laughed at my crude realization. I was once like them. Pathetic. Thank goodness, no more. The train rattled into the station moments later and screeched to a halt in front of me. I was the only one on the platform and the only one on the train. The silence was thick and heavy, and I heard only my own signs of life the life of the machines around me, clinking and clanking and rattling and the beating of a heart. I wasn't used to being out this late, the city was half asleep, black shapes were whisking by outside, bent wildly out of proportion, barely lit up by the dimming streetlights and what was left of the moon. A few of the lights in the resident flats were still turned on, dim shadows of its occupants winding down for the night, but for the most part the streets were empty. You would think Singapore, a country known for its vibrancy and culture, was secretly dead inside. I yawned. The train rushed on, humming a lullaby to me. My eyes were closing. It would be quite some time before we reached Hyeongbaru. By my estimates, it would take me at least half an hour. I let the train rock me into sleep, my favorite music thudding into my ears. I woke up when my music stopped, I wondered if we were there yet, but I couldn't tell by the screen. The display was a wild jumble of letters and numbers that were jumping everywhere. The train leaned slightly against a black wall oozing with mold. We had long gone into some sort of tunnel. The windows and doors opened into a grainy darkness, like the static you would see on an old television screen. I scratched my head, then I heard voices, footsteps. My face paled. The footsteps stopped outside. The door to the final rail car creaked. My heart beat faster. I didn't want to know why they wanted me or what plans they had for me. I bolted the only way I saw out, right into the murky depths of the station. I could hear them screeching behind me, their teeth grinding together in frustration like mechanical gears. My blood curdled at their howls of promise to get their prize. Then. Their footsteps were swallowed by the sinister shadows, and I made myself run faster. I slowed down, though. After a while, I was never much of an athlete. When my class ran the 2.4 back in secondary school, I was always last and always failed. Eventually, I sat down, panting like never before, my heart jumping out of my chest in both exhaustion and fear. Once I gulped down water from my bottle and my head began to clear, I could think again. I was still in a station of some kind, I could tell by the dirty walls and the dusty floor. The sign overhead pulsed like a heart in the blood-tinged light. It read Joachim Station. There were no translations into any other languages, 
which was unusual for a Singapore train station. I also had never heard of Joachim MRT station until that moment. I got out my phone, the screen flashed green, then lingered on red for a long moment, then went dead. I couldn't turn it back on again. I didn't know what else to do, so I started walking back the way I came, or the way I hoped I came. But every hallway led to the same square. Every turn led back to the beginning. I was hopelessly lost. I can tell you how to get back. I was alone. The moon was crimson. The air took a deep breath and buzzed like static. Who are you? I asked the moon. Just someone who can help you get out of here safely. I hesitated. I have helped many before you. Trust me. I relaxed. I couldn't help myself. Firstly, I didn't have a choice. I was trapped in a dark desert with nowhere else to run. Then, there were the footsteps just now. The creak of the door and how I was nearly caught. And this voice was sexy. Best way to describe it. You know those ASMR videos that are said to help you relax? Multiply that by a hundred and imagine yourself on a beach with the waves curling around your feet. That was how the voice was making me feel, like I was anywhere but here. Alone. Lost. I followed the voice as it led me through infinite hallways wrapped in darkness. Water dripped from abandoned pipes way overhead and my footsteps echoed in the gloom. They were everywhere. I could hear their ragged breaths from the other side of the paper-thin wall and the screech of their fingernails against the mold and decay. Whispers floated in my head and I could hear machine-like shrieks that vaguely resembled my name and howls of determination and anger that chilled me to my bones. We were going deeper into the station, which made sense because I remembered we were deep underground when I got off. My stomach protested. I was hungry. I couldn't remember the last meal I had. My life outside this hell had faded into memories beyond my mind's reach. It was getting colder too. I shivered in my bare bones t-shirt and wished I had brought a jacket. We descended another flight of stairs and came to a wider space. Five ornate pillars were standing silently in a circle and a clock showing midnight hung down on a thin chain like a spider on thread. Frost clung onto the pillars and walls like soft silk. Hide! I obeyed instantly, ducking behind one of the pillars, just in time to hear footsteps rapidly approaching. Then they emerged from an invisible hallway, and I saw for the first time the things lurking in this cursed place, the creatures that desired me so badly. It took every effort not to scream out loud. They were tall, but not as tall as you and I. No, they were stretched in a way that you could see their hips jutting out, their ribs tight against their clothing. They wore navy blue business suits like those in a bank and red ties. They strode past me to the staircase I just came down from. The moon sparkled on their pale, smooth skin. I immediately thought of how those mannequins in the store freaked me out when I was younger, and it did not comfort me in the slightest. Then one of them stopped and looked in my direction, and I could see its face, or what should be a face. He had no eyes, no nose, not even a mouth just a blank canvas of skin. I was paralyzed as he stared quizzically at me and stared towards the pillar I was hiding behind, but his companion tugged on his sleeve and the two of them continued on their way and disappeared up the stairs. The moment they were gone, I breathed a sigh of relief and collapsed against the pillar. 
Everything was spinning. My heart was still screaming and thrashing against my ribs. I was hungry, thirsty, tired, and alone. I didn't think I could stand any more of this. I want to go home. I sobbed to the heavens. And you will. A water cooler shimmered into view under the clock. The metal was rusty, but the machine hummed. This is for you. Drink. Liquid gold erupted from the tap in a rainbow and disappeared down the drain. I gulped. I had committed myself to a vow of sobriety. Ever since that day when everything crumbled into ashes and I had forced myself back into rehab, I eyed the fountain. I shouldn't drink. I can't drink. I pulled out my water bottle instead, but all the water had somehow vanished. What are you waiting for? Drink. My throat was a dry desert screaming for water. I bent over and drank. It tasted like honey. Food for the gods. I realized I shouldn't have hesitated. What for? Everything was provided for me here. Even then, a part of me felt guilty for breaking my promise. I quickly dismissed it. The next floor below looked very cozy. It was full of makeshift beds and sleeping bags tossed everywhere, and there was a bowl of fruit in the middle. Staring at the fruit was a man in a suit. He wasn't moving. Rest up. We will be there soon. He was still staring at the fruit when I slid next to him, watching the light dance off it like a flickering candle flame. Did you drink from the fountain just now? Something about his question made me freeze. Cold fingers tickled my spine. Yes. You shouldn't have. Look. He held out his hand. His bones creaked as they elongated to more than what was physically possible. The skin was whitening like it was being soaked in bleach. My heart stopped when I looked down at my own hand and realized I was going through the same thing. Now that I thought of it, the last few steps were really painful, but I thought I was just tired. Finally, he turned to look at me. He started speaking rapidly as the ghastly skin swallowed what was left of his eyes, his nose, his hair. I was once like you, cold, tired, lost. I wandered around until this sexy voice offered me a way out, and I followed her every command, like a sheep. Stupid. So stupid. And now... I didn't hear the last of it, for the latex closed around what was left of his mouth and his hand shot around my throat. I struggled. I was seeing stars. There was that mechanical grinding sound, like gears against each other. With the last of my strength, I took an apple from the bowl and hurled it at him. It clunked against his forehead and he released me with a screech. Don't you want to be here forever? Ignore it. Ignore it. I was running like a headless chicken, darting around hallways and going up and down stairs. This place was a maze. A suit was expanding over my shirt, the sleeves curling around my wrists. I was running out of time. I mean, you loved that beer, didn't you? I saw it in your face. The platform. A train was rushing into the station, just on time. Just my luck. It was getting harder to move, though. Like trying to walk through something sticky. The voice was grunting. The station was shaking. The pipes were bursting. The leaks were getting worse. And the pain. My bones were resisting as I struggled to the train. Half of my mind was screaming at me to give up and give in. I threw myself inside the train, 
For the first time all night, I started to breathe. My head exploded into dying screams. No. The train sped away, leaving Joachim MRT station in the dust. My pants were wet, and I didn't know how much I was shaking until now. I collapsed on the floor and rocked and shivered all the way until the train pulled into the next station. I spent the night in a cheap hotel in Bugis, gazing vacantly at the moon and the city skyline that vanished behind shadowy trees. I couldn't sleep. The events of the night kept on running through my mind. Whenever I closed my eyes, I was surrounded by those men in suits, too close for comfort. I would look down to find my eyes rolling back upwards to look at me, my skin too white and too pale. I would wake up screaming and feeling my face just to make sure. In that voice, I heard it every day on the train, silky smooth, but I flinched every time it came on the speakers my palms sweating and my heart recoiling while the other passengers merely looked at the rapidly closing doors or the blips on the station map because it always said the same thing to me and me alone come back you belong to us